Namahi te whanau and thank you very much for checking in once again to Code with Kingi where we are recapping the first Bledisloe Cup test of 2020 which was played out at the Caketon on Sunday afternoon and ended in a 16-all draw. I am once again joined by the brother Nick Hegarty to discuss the talking points while also going over some of the things he saw whilst in attendance before rounding it off with some of the changes he'd like to see ahead of this week's game at Eden Park. Enjoy. Well, yeah, thanks for coming back on, Nick. Uh, don't know what you made of the weekend, bro. Um, if anything, your your guess, I, I mean, like both of us back the All Blacks, but your guess that the, the Wallabies would come out hissing was correct, and it's, it's an awkward one. If anything, I mean, the Australians probably felt like they won that, and they probably should have won it, like even after the big penalty miss, you know, the fact that they had the ball inside the 22, and fortunately the All Blacks managed to turn it over, but... 16 all man um i know you're at the game what did you make of sunday afternoon yeah it was uh it was an interesting day uh the weather started out pretty fine and then turned pretty miserable in the second half which must have suited aussie the first half of the the first try to geordie was um yeah that was pretty special pretty pretty skillful you know, I was the one to say that I don't know why the hell Geordie's playing on the wing and he doesn't have to have enough speed to get on the wing. But uh, then again, <laughs> he uh, proved me wrong there. But yeah, still think he he's probably suited more to fullback. And yeah, then uh, obviously eight. It was only eight five at half time, wasn't it? Because uh, that tried got disallowed of Rico. Yeah, he um his old I don't know what you call that dive, but yeah. I think it'll be interesting going forward to see whether or not he starts grinding the ball with two hands or diving a bit more conventionally. Yeah, yeah. just uh, like I don't know. I thought it was a bit, just a bit of an arrogance play from him. That's all. Like he's he's got he's got that in his game a little bit, and like you could see he was already looking to do the celebration before he'd scored the try. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, as soon as he he. Attempted, well, he dropped it, but he he was up, like you know, giving the crowd stuff, and you know, that's just I don't know. He'll learn from it, I guess, but uh, yeah. Um, well, the poo cross costly in the end. I mean, it's funny. I was watching it back today with a colleague, and like on the TV, like yeah, he scores it and he he acts confident, but then as like he's slowly walking back to halfway, you can sort of see in his face that he was not completely sold on it. And I think mm. as soon as he heard the whistle blow, I think he was, oh, fuck, I think I got away with that one. But then, yeah, they yeah. They, they go to run it back. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the fact is the guy always dots the ball down like that. And so I guess it's, you know, it's almost second nature to him. But I guess it's like, you know, what, what my dad used to tell me and a lot of other coaches, you know, it's like you're better off being safe than sorry and just putting the ball down with two hands or, you know, rather than doing the big, slap the ball down but he's not the only one that does it and he's probably not going to be the last guy to make a cock of himself doing it but yeah I guess it's just unfortunate given the end result that and and the fact that it was right before half time it would have been quite a nice thing for the All Blacks to have an extra five points or seven points leading into that half and it sort of left the door open for the Aussies um yeah Mm. so 
mm. from Japan. Yeah. Um, so after that, the so it's eight five at half time, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, and who scored first after that? Uh, Aaron Smith scored. This game was only yesterday. I don't know why I don't recall the video. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I like I know Australia. Australia of course scored the two tries to their wingers in the second half, but yeah, then Aaron Aaron Smith had that really. Well, he scored off that really nicely worked um, line-out move, which funnily enough was what Australia were trying to do in the lead-up to Iwani's bomb try. And yeah, I, I didn't actually think Aaron Smith was going to get there, to be fair. I thought Nick White had him covered, but you know, he stuck out the right arm and managed to just have enough length in those uh, rather short arms of his to to reach out and mm-hmm. dot it down. And yeah, uh, from there, it was pretty much all Australia, to be fair, with the with their two well-taken tries to, to their wingers. I was actually quite impressed by their, their right winger, actually. Um, the normally quite uh, assured George Bridge had a bit of the wobbles, um, mm. especially in, in the contact area. I think, is that Filippo Dungunu? Yeah, they, 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 kept, they kept banging That's on about him. pretty good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I try, bro, I try. Well, they keep banging on about him being a goalkeeper and, and being an ex-Fijian goalkeeper. I'm not True. sure what sort of relevance that that has to where I'm going with this, but yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah it, did, it did turn into quite a scrappy affair with, with with the turn of the weather, which was a bit of a letdown. And I, I didn't actually catch the the a lot of the pre-game stuff because I'm not typically all that interested in it. But I would have been looking back now. I'd like to know who chose to play and what direction, like whether or not the All Blacks picked to play with the win in the first half, because I actually thought that Australia did quite a nice job. With their box kicking, I thought that Nick White was probably the man of the match, not only for the way he um, he, he works himself around the rucks and drawing in defenders, but I thought that a lot of his kicking gave you know, you know the likes of Damian McKenzie and, and George Bridge a pretty big headache. Mm. Yeah, mm. it was interesting as well. I seen because um, a couple of my mates who are in Aussie to uh, sending me messages, and uh, apparently there was a the first try Rico's foot was on the line. Mm. I didn't, yeah, I haven't looked it looked it back, but I've just seen some screenshots of on social media, but yeah, um, obviously they're they're kicking up a bit of a storm, saying that the referee was a bit one-eyed, uh, apparently. So well, um, well, if you actually, so the rule is um, is that because the referee played on, you can only go two phases back with the TMO, so they couldn't go back to that point where Repo stepped out of bounds, but. The touch judge that's behind Rico Iwani in that photo is Angus Gardner, and he's an Australian. So, mm. like, if they're kicking up a fuss, it's almost like, well, he's one of your own, mate. So, if one of your own, your own isn't calling it, well, you know, was blind, you know, don't blame us Kiwis. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I think uh, Angus Gardner's refereeing next week. Yes, he, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, so, no, that'd be interesting. But I thought... The forwards, the the lock who was on debut for Australia. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what his name is, but he was really good. Um, he stood up big time, and um, the Tongan Thor, he was bloody good. I was watching him. You see a bit more when you you're not watching on the TV and you're watching it live, but just his work rate and him and Tuanga Fasi were going at it all day. <laughs> like Tuanga Fasi would hit him, then he'd try to hit Tuanga Fasi and. But he made some really good carries. I think he he was one of the top carriers in the first half. So, mm. um, 
yeah, I was quite impressed with his play. James O'Connor needs to sort his goal kicking out, and they probably would have won the game. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a, a pretty telling point. And to be fair, Geordie Barrett missed his own kick uh, with about 10 to go, albeit into the win. But I, th- I think the biggest takeaway for me from that game was just the the niggle that Australia played with. They, they, they seem to have more of an edge. And going back to the preview podcast, I think that, like you mentioned, how you would have liked to have seen Dane Cole start that game. I just think, you know, someone like him and a Brody Retallick would have been really, really useful in this sort of affair. I mean, you look at the, the work that the Aussies were, were doing on um, on Richie Mwanga. The amount of times that guy was getting late hit. And you, you mentioned Taniela Tupo. He actually gave away a few penalties clearing out rucks because he you know he was pretty much flying in kamikaze and there were a couple of times where I think like Sam Whitelock and Aaron Smith were quite clever to sort of pull themselves back and Paul Williams would, you know would blow it up but it was just that sort of stuff that I mean the line speed um, from both the backs and the forwards was a real killer in terms of like um, the, the All Blacks trying to identify space out wide but yeah mm. it, it'll be interesting going into Eden Park next week whether or not the the All Blacks can adapt quickly and what they can do, I guess from an mm. intrinsic perspective to just just be a bit more physical. Like I was really disappointed in the likes of Patrick Tuipulotu and Shannon Frizzell, who off the back of Super Rugby Aotearoa had been these sort of driving, really sort of menacing and intimidating characters for their clubs, but they were a bit of a no show mm. on on Sunday afternoon when, when when the opportunity was there for them to really stamp their mark and, and carry over a lot of that form and mm. if, if anything like the young guys that came on so Hoskins Tutu came on with 20 minutes ago I mean fuck I can't even imagine what that would have been like being chucked out there in the cold for your first game mm. but he got stuck in and I thought he carried and got himself around the park really well Caleb Clark came on and he pretty much beat every defender first time and I think he's um, like we were sort of conversing earlier today I think he's pretty much assured of a start on the left wing this mm. Sunday at the Garden of Eden, and although Tupo Vai did have that mistake at line at time when he let one sort of slip through his mitts, I thought that he even imposed himself on the game, and mm. I think that's what we saw from a couple of the Aussie youngsters, that there just wasn't that fear, and I mm. think that Dave Rennie, from, from the looks of it, has got these guys um, going on all cylinders, so I mean, mm. I'm always confident with the All Blacks playing at Eden Park, but like even after the game, like watching that press conference, uh, there's just something about Ian Foster like you just, you just don't look at him and, and see a winner he's just such a vanilla bastard and like even he didn't seem too bothered by it you know whether or not he was just trying to play it off but yeah, yeah. Um, and then just before I, I throw it back to you bro like for as much shit as we had been talking about the captain of the All Blacks I thought he put in the captain's knock he was a mess yeah. now like don't, don't get me wrong that doesn't take away from him still having to work on his offensive skill set but Fuck, like, if there was a game to come out, shut up a lot of the naysayers, um, I, I thought he did a really mm. good job. And mm. fingers crossed, you know, a few of the other forwards and a few of the other backs followers lead in this Sunday's game in Auckland. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Going back to your point on, um, you know, the boys that came on made a difference here. So Tutu was really good. Obviously, Vi made the mistake at line-out time. But, um, you know, it's his first test and he only got on in the last, well, five minutes, but then it was eight minutes overtime, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, mate, Caleb Clark, holy moly. <laughs> the man is like a machine. He is like the next Jonah Lomu. 
That guy. Don't go, um, don't go throwing that around right now, bro. That's been thrown around far too many times. Don't throw that sort of pressure on the kid. Yeah, no, fair enough. But shit, every time he took the touch the ball, you're like, holy moly. Mm. <laughs> Whether that was just because it was late in the game and everyone was tired, and you know you start dropping off a few more tackles, probably. But yeah, definitely liked what I've, what I've seen. Still think you got to put Will Jordan in there somewhere. Will Jordan is uh. Hey, he, he's he's the next Ben Smith, you know what I mean? He's, yeah. He's he's yeah, he's what that he's he's kind of what we need, I think, because he's level-headed, but he also can, you know, I said before, he's a bit of a Caelan Ponga, can like create a bit of magic out of nothing. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know what what changes they'll make, and like you said, uh, Sam Kane, he was shit. He <laughs> I was walking bagging him as well last last week, so um, good on him. He he definitely it's the best game I've seen him play all year. To be fair, so kudos to him. I think he just realised that I got to step up here, like even being at the front of the hucker and like you know all the critics. I think the same thing kind of happened to Richie McCaw a few years ago. Was it like twenty fourteen maybe slash fifteen? They were like bagging Richie, saying he's too old to play and. Um, he stood up and really um, and, and had a performance similar to what Sam Kane had on the weekend, vice versa. So, yeah, good on him. But yeah, yeah be think, interesting to see what see what changes he makes. So, or mm, if, yeah, if he makes changes. I do want to get your your take on who you'd like to see thrown into the mix next week and any sort of reshuffles. But before we get to that, what is it with the All Blacks and their reluctance to set up for a drop kick? Now, 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 Australia had their own opportunity, and I don't know why they didn't take it. But the All Blacks oh. kept hammering it away like, like they did against South Africa in last year's test in Wellington, the one that was also drawn. It's like, what the hell is going on? Like, you're literally right under the posts. Mm. You've got Geordie and you've got Richie. So you've got two capable um, drop goal kickers, and they choose to go wide and they lose the ball. And then the game's over. And like, don't, don't, like, I know a lot of shade was actually thrown at James O'Connor for kicking the thing out. But like, yeah, you want to go for the win. But yeah, I, 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 I myself would have kicked that thing out. I can't even imagine how tired those guys would have been. And then to be under your own goalpost. But hmm. um, that's getting a little bit away from the fact. But yeah, for you, bro, like being at that game, were you just shouting like, "Fuck, set up for a drop kick, set up for a drop kick." Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. All like, what are you doing? And like. <laughs> It's still trying to go wide, and then like it was so it was one of the like most exciting ends to a test match because it went for like eight minutes of overtime, and like you know, two hung a fasty knocks it on, then they get it back, then we strip it out, Miami yeah. strips it out, then we go back, and it's like, what the hell was going on? Is he going to like? It would have been perfect if they just went hit the drop goal, but yeah, that it was a that was it was a good good start to get back to test footy, don't you think? And it means I think. It is huge for Australian rugby because they needed a performance like that just to gather all the fans back and um, over there. They've probably been struggling a bit over the, you know, probably the last, since last World, uh, 2015 World Cup probably. Mm. They haven't really been putting in performances like that, but this is definitely a new leaf for them. And um, yeah, it's, it's this that performance there, and if they can get up this weekend, will be huge for Australian rugby. It's exactly what they need. Yeah, I think that, you know, looking at the bigger picture, I think this did 
I guess, world rugby and I guess rugby, you know, just rugby, the spectacle itself, a lot of good. Now, like obviously being an All Blacks fan, we would have liked to have seen the All Blacks win that game. Uh, but yeah, like to, to have that rivalry re-sparked and then, you know, now going into the Sunday's game, even though, like I said, I'm confident as an All Blacks fan, but, you know, there's, it's not like to the point where, you know, I, I put the house down on it after what we've seen. Um, and now the All Blacks are going to improve, you know, like the, the All Blacks don't typically have very strong starts to the test year, um, albeit like, like, what are we in now, October? Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it, it was like, it, yeah, like I personally don't like playing for draws. I, I, I like the idea of Golden Point where you keep going to, till a winner is um, declared, mm. but yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you, bro. And I think there are a lot of other rugby fans with this, like that was an awesome test. And I think mm. it's just going to set up what looks to be a pretty um, stellar next couple of months. And, you know, like hopefully South Africa and the Argentinians aren't too far off the pace so that, you know, mm. it'll make for a more well-rounded competition, hopefully similar to what we saw in, in Super Rugby Aotearoa. But kicking on to some of the changes, bro, before I let you go, um, do you have a, a team in mind? I mean, are you looking to get Moanga out of the starting 15, throw Bowden straight back in there? push Geordie Barrett to the back, I don't know, make any changes in the fours? Do you have anything else or would you try and stick with the tried and true and maybe just have, you know, the old one like your Caleb Clark? Yeah, for me, I thought that uh, you'd probably start with Coles, maybe. That would be one of the changes I would make just to get yeah, give you a bit of mungle. Other than that, I would probably keep the four-pack the same. But on the bench, I would not use Tyrell Lomax. It's uh, just Michael. I was just watching him a bit, and the scrum was under pressure a little bit when he came on. Um, him and Tuanukuafi. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't know if he if he's as good as what we've got. But I don't know. It depends on Nipalalala, I guess. Um, and Harfak stays the same. Aaron Smith. He had a pretty good game. The midfield, the midfield's my issue, I think. Yeah, I just, I'm not quite convinced on Rico at 13 as an all-black 13. Um, I think he needs more time there at Super Rugby, not just one season. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they go. But, yeah, and you've got to start Caleb Clark, and you've got to have Will Jordan in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Um, but if Bowden, yeah, if Bowden's available, then yeah, do you start him at ten? Uh, Fozzie, you know, he's gonna, he's not, yeah, I don't know, he might stick with the, the same team, I don't know, yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, I'm similar to you. I, I'd like to have Dane Coles in there. I, th- I think he brings a bit of an edge, um, and I, I'd, I'd stick with the rest of the four pack. I, you know, if I was Ian Foster or if I'm, um, if I'm John Plumtree, I think I'm just pulling. Patrick Tupulotu and Shannon Frizzell to the side and just telling them to come out with a bit more mongrel because I, I think that lacked or sort of diminished as the game wore on. I'm keeping Mwanga at 10. I know there have been a lot of people that have come out and said that he was a bit of a passenger, which he was, but, I mean, like, the amount of hits that guy was taking and the line speed that Australia brought and the, the lack of front football or a really effective front football that his forwards failed to deliver for him and then, and then you know obviously onto the back line I think I think that that caused him a bit of strife so I've got faith in him I, I keep him here mm. um but th- but then it's an interesting call I'm 
Geordie did play well on the wing. I, I do feel like his skill set's probably not as effective on the wing because he seems to be a bit more out of the play, whereas at fullback he seems to be a bit more involved and he can jump in it for his receiver, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, I, I'd like to see Bowden back out there. I, I thought that Damien played well again, but I think that especially in games like that where you're having to take high kicks and throw yourself into the action, size does make a hell of a lot of a difference. And mm. I, I just think that had we had Geordie at the back and maybe somebody else on the wing, I think, you know, because I don't know what was happening. I don't know where the wind, and I don't want to be too critical of these guys, but it seemed as though, like, Damien was almost always catching it over his shoulder running backwards with a mm. lot of those box kick and clearance kicks. Yeah, um, the wind was really bad, like, in the second half. It got, like, shit, good luck. Like, he actually did really good to catch the balls that he did. Mm. Um, and uh, let alone having a ton of pressure on you, you know, coming at you. But, yeah, like, you know, I don't know why it's, all black, it's all black. It's all black rugby, man. You got to you got to pick your best team, don't you? So, yeah. um, you know, as much as I like the guy, and I think he's a good player, I just think Geordie's probably a bit better fit there at the moment. Mm. And then yeah, I, I'm chucking Caleb Clark on the wing. I think he deserves his spot. But then the other the other guy I'd like to see thrown out there is Antonina Brown. Now I, I didn't. Now I thought that going into that test that. Good Hugh would help out Rico Iwani defensively, but I think as we saw with Marika Korambidi's try, where they worked it off the line out, Iwani got sucked in, and I just mm. thought there, there there were a few misreads in midfield, and like you said, um, Iwani is going to need a little bit more time, whether that be at the test level or more so at the super level, to get really really comfortable with playing centre because I I think he's got all all the tools in the shed from an attacking perspective, but like you see time and time again, you know, centre really is the um, the glue to mm. to the backline or backline defence. And, mm. yeah, there were a number of times where I think he just got caught ball watching or, or making the wrong reads. And, again, like, time in the saddle was going to be the, the biggest point of difference for him going forward in his progression with mm. the 13 jersey. But then, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Like, if we look to what the All Blacks did last year um, when, when they played at Eden Park after Eden thumped at Perth, you know, they, they chucked in two brand new wingers with George Bridge and Severis. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to turn down your shout of having Will Jordan at least on the bench because I just think that, you know, that just having someone out there who doesn't have a lot of fear and would, I guess would have a lot of confidence off the back of his Super Rugby campaign with the Crusaders uh, would play dividends. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not one to just, you know, like tear it all down and, and, and throw out another team just because mm. of, of one week's performance and especially with it being the first game. But yeah, I, Australia really have have nothing to lose this week, you know, because even though they played well, again the pressure's back on the All Blacks, and I think even like playing at Eden Park is, you know, even though there's the mystique there for the All Blacks, and you know that they probably they probably get up for it more than what a fan would. For me, I almost feel like there's more pressure on them now, you know, because like the All Blacks haven't lost there in 27 years, and. Yeah, I can only imagine what the Ian Foston haters will be saying should they um, witness yeah. an all-black loss on Sunday. But fingers crossed that doesn't happen, bro. But that pretty much wraps up all that I've wanted to mention, bro. Did you want to pay attention to anything else before I let you go? No, it's um, just uh, interesting that oh, TJ Perinaro only got on the, last, on the field with the last four minutes to go. I thought that was interesting from Ian Foster. 
don't know what's going on there. Is that because I've heard that he's uh, he is going off to Japan? He's the big he's the big name heading overseas. There's a bit of info for you, Jordan. Appreciate <laughs> um, it. So maybe Ian Foster already knows about that and is already playing his book. You know, saying you know, you know we're gonna stick with the guy who's staying around. I don't know. Mm. Maybe Brad Weber gets a shot next week on the bench. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty harsh but um, yeah thanks Jordan appreciate it thanks for having me no bro anytime anytime Nick I'm sure I'll get you on further down the line at some stage during the rugby championship but for now brother again yeah thank you for, for joining me for the last two podcasts and until I see you in person brother stay safe sounds good brother cheers <laughs>